Well, you know what? It's so hard to believe that we are nearing the end of season three. What an amazing season. We had so many amazing guests, authors, public speakers. We threw in a couple stars there as well. And what I am absolutely so proud of is the number of listeners that we have had. You know, to be ranked the number one podcast in two years in a row for foster care and adoption, um, that's an honor. And that would never have happened without my amazing producer who produces our podcast every single week. David is absolutely, hey, I hit gold mine when David became my producer for Fostering Change. But you know what? What I love about this podcast is I have been able to make friends with some of the most amazing people. And that's exactly right. I do call them my friends. My next guest, they've actually been on our podcast. I think they're probably the most couple that have been on our podcast next to my friend Whitney. And I absolutely love that. And the reason for that is because they have a wealth of knowledge. And I love when they get to come back and we get to talk about some new things. I am talking about my friend Justin and Alexis Black, um, Redefining Normal. If you have not read this book, it must be on your bookshelf and read it. It is so unbelievable. Justin, Alexis, welcome to Fostering Change. Thank you so much for having us. It's really an honor. Yeah, thank oh. you for having us back again. I feel like you need to make us co-host or something. <laughs> hey, you never know. We've got season four coming up and there's a lot of new things happening. So you never, never know, my friends. Listen, let's jump right into this. The book. Oh my gosh. I follow both of you on social media. And so I get your newsletter and, you know, I really love... Let me tell you something as an alumni and, you know, and I consider myself, you know, like the grandpa of the foster care <laughs> alumni where you guys are the young ones who are really, you know, energizing everything. And I see what you're doing and I see all that's going on, you know, best-selling authors. You have won so many awards for your book, Redefining Normal. And then you guys are heading all over the country talking. What does it feel like? It's kind of crazy, you know, that uh, when COVID did hit, we were definitely not expecting to be authors, business owners or anything. It really just happened because we applied for about 200 jobs and got nothing. And so we decided to write a book and to now, you know, travel full time with our business. It's really an incredible blessing. Mm -hmm. And like <laughs> the pandemic, even though it was something that was out of our control, it really provided us the opportunity to get things going. I mean, so many people around us in our community have been telling us to write this book for a long time, but, you know, I feel like God was kind of leading us in this direction to where this is the time now to kind of get the wheels going, get the wheels rolling, and uh, we were able to write it, and crazy that we do this full time now, traveling, speaking, workshops, trainings, mm -hmm. keynote speeches, all that good stuff. You know, I have to tell you, as somebody who's a public speaker and been doing it for years now, there's nothing better than doing a job that doesn't feel like a job. You know, yeah, I mean, it truly, you know, I mean, I was a banker for 28 years. That was a job. You know, I went in every day. I sat by the desk, you know, but doing what I do now as a public speaker, as an author, even as a podcast host, you know, it, it just doesn't feel like a job to me whatsoever. You know, um, and for you two, I have to tell you, one of the things that I'm so impressed with the two of you is your your resilience of just the constant push that, you know, you're, you're making sure that every opportunity that can happen is happening um you know justin where do you guys get that energy no it's it's hard to say but i think it's really just about the need you know the need is always going to drive you as entrepreneurs i feel like our one of our main goals and that's why i even 
encourage even more foster foster care alumni to be entrepreneurs even if it's different from what we're doing but in some space an entrepreneur is really just trying to be someone that is fulfilling a need and trying to who could be the best at filling the need and we're trying to just work on our skills develop ourselves mentally spiritually emotionally in all ways that we can to be able to serve other people and, and help support them and supporting themselves so that need to do that and just seeing the how people can be supported and what they need for themselves and and just trying to pass along that information you know i've had so many people around me and the same with alexis who poured information into us that we should have paid thousands of dollars for but i feel like you know just passing along that information to other alumni other people who are struggling is just so necessary and seeing them do what they do and give us the feedback on they love what we do they're inspired by us that continues to keep us going and inspire us i mean i've heard somebody say i forget the exact wording but it was beautifully interesting something around those uh lines uh, after a speech that i gave Oh, no, surprisingly beautiful, I think was the phrase. Surprisingly beautiful after a speech I gave, mm-hmm. I believe it was in Arizona. And I'm like, wow, really? <laughs> and yeah, it was just that words like that just keep us going, really. Mm-hmm. You know, I absolutely love the fact that, you know, as a, and, and like I said, I've read your book. I was fortunate enough that you all asked me to even write something about your book because I will tell you, you know, I get inspired by lots of people, but you two truly, truly inspire me every single day when I could see your faces on social media or when, you know, I think about something that I read in the book, you know. Um, one of the things that I have to know, because it's something that I seem to always have a problem with, and and Alexis, questions for you is, you know, about filling your own cup. I always remind people that if you do not fill your cup, it's hard to fill someone else's. What are you and Justin do to make sure you're filling your cup? Yeah, I would say that was definitely something that was pretty difficult for the both of us to try mm-hmm. to manage and balance, especially when we first got married as, you know, full-time entrepreneurs and, and you know, as being an entrepreneur, you know, you're not going to eat unless you work. So it was really, <laughs> you know, we were working crazy hours and we ended up being in a lot of ways more business partners than married in the first couple months of us being married. And that was pretty difficult, but then we started to really put in more firm boundaries around our work hours, around, uh, you know, being able to give to ourselves first. And it's easier to say these things and actually put them into practice. And we figured that out pretty easily and quickly, luckily. Mm-hmm, um, yeah. <laughs> but it definitely, you know, took a toll on us in the beginning. Uh, but I would say now more than ever, we have really perfected, you know, more of the boundaries and figuring out, um, you know, date nights and getting time together and and just even alone time, like going for a walk or, you know, Justin works out every day. One day I'll be on his level. But I wish I wish I would do that, Justin. I wish you looked close to me because I need to work out. I may go for a walk or do something just regular sometimes. <laughs> <laughs> well, but you, you know what? I have to tell you that that I love that. You know, I, you know, knowing both of you and knowing how giving and caring you both are and the fact that you do work together, you live together, you're married. And by the way, let's go ahead and make the big announcement right now before we take our break. Congratulations. Um, congratulations. You both are getting ready to be parents. Yes, yes, in a couple weeks. Oh yeah, my God. Yes. I don't know when this will be out. So our baby may be here by the time this comes out. But uh, yeah, we we're expecting our first child right now. So it's yep. pretty exciting. Yeah, so we're supposedly about three and a half weeks away. So it's kind of wild. 
Well, first of all, I have to tell you, thank you so much. Thank you so much. You're the second guest that I've had who was either ready to deliver or had just delivered that has been on our show um, this season. So I know it's so difficult. You know, we're going to talk a lot about the the new baby uh, when we take our break. But uh, something I want to talk about before we do take our break is this new workbook that you have out. You have a workbook that, that comes out that is actually inspiring and helping our youth that are in the foster care system. Can you tell me about this workbook? Yeah, of course. So with the workbook, you know, in our in the Redefined Normal book, we talk a lot about our lives and our narrative. And really, we are inviting the audience in to go through a number of different subject matters as it relates to our life. But what we really wanted to do is take our lives out and have you go through these different subject matters of who shaped my identity when I was young, who and what shaped my identity, you know, times that you may have been desperate for love and who shaped your definition of love and how do you express it for yourself and others. And all of these, this variety of questions that, that challenged us throughout our youth, teenage years, and even today, we wanted to challenge other individuals with those qu same questions to see how we can support them and how they can understand who they are foundationally, the top five principles that they live by, and and just the things that they want to exercise in their everyday life we wanted to challenge them in doing that we structured a workbook to support them in doing those things mm -hmm. yeah and something i really appreciate in general about this workbook that our whole team helped put together it's uh lined up in the exact same way as our regular book so as you're reading the redefining normal book you can go through step by step with the workbook, it's broken down in the exact same chapters. So you're going along this redefining normal journey with us, but in your own narrative. So that's something I really appreciate. And then also it's not specifically just for foster youth, but it's those who've experienced trauma. Wow. And after COVID, I would say that's pretty much all of us because before COVID it was 70% of Americans. But as you can imagine, all of us have been touched by some form of trauma during this experience alone. You know, and that 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 part that you bring up that, you know, I want our listeners to really to, to sink in. This workbook is not just for people who have, you know, experienced foster care, but it's people who have experienced trauma and understanding that you do not have to be in foster care or taken from from your family and put back to your to consider yourself a victim of trauma and i hate to use that word victim but you know the fact is is that you know we do have to understand that trauma is something that so many of us have experienced 70 percent you said prior to COVID, and you know what i have to tell you my friend i agree with you COVID is was a trigger of trauma for so many of us and i think it would it should be state mandatory that we all get this workbook we truly do listen up everybody We're getting ready to take a break here you know it's hard to believe that it's coming up it's coming up the backyard barbecue that's exactly right our 10 year anniversary 10 years on the exact same day that we're having our backyard barbecue we packed our very first case our very first case now 185,000 cases later and growing internationally couldn't do it without you and amazing guests like we have right now on fostering change and with that We'll be right back. This episode of Fostering Change is sponsored by Comfort Cases, a national nonprofit that inspires our communities to bring hope and dignity to our youth that are in foster care. For just $10 a month, you can support the Comfort Case mission and help us eliminate trash bags for kids who are entering foster care. For every $10 that you give, 
Comfort Cases will give a Comfort XL to a child entering the system. Be part of the change. Visit comfortcases.org. Well, you know, I say it quite often, there is nothing better than a good conversation, but it's a great conversation when you get to have that with your friends. And that's exactly what I've done in the first part, is I've been able to talk to two of my amazing friends who absolutely inspire me, um, you know, who I actually look up to, even though I am old enough to be their dads, um, you know, but the the fact that both of you have done so much and that you, you know, so many times, you know, we see that kids, people, young adults who have aged out of foster care, who truly haven't had that foundation base, um, there's a lot of blame. You know, and something that I've always said, and I, I said this years ago, and it's been quoted and quoted, is that don't blame the system, help change the system. And that's something I see the two of you definitely do. You don't, I, I've never heard you once put blame on where you have come from or what you had gone through, but instead taking those tools and moving forward. Now, with that being said, as parents um, to your new baby, um, that um, what what a difference. How does that feel knowing that you brought this beautiful baby into the world? You're now responsible for it, but does it trigger you whatsoever knowing that both of you have been in the system and came from the system? Yeah, I would say definitely, let's just say, first of all, I am extremely thankful that pregnancy process is nine months. I think I can like mentally prepare for being a parent. Cause that's, I don't even know if I've ever even, you know, saw myself as a parent. That's not even something that I had seen in my life previously. And then when we got pregnant, we're like, this is happening. This is mm-hmm. something we have to get ready for. And so thankfully I've had nine months to sort of mentally prepare for that. But definitely I would say more in the beginning, we were really kind of freaking out of, you know, mm-hmm. We have things that we still want to work on and work through and we're both in counseling individually and together and the night before that we found out we were pregnant, we said, you know, let's wait a couple years before <laughs> before we're going to have a baby. <laughs> and because uh, we're like, we have things we want to do or things we want to heal from and all these things. And so, uh, you know, we just kind of expedited that in a way and it's and it's not like, you know with our baby here that it's all of a sudden we're healed and we're right. ready to be parents. I mean, it's going to be a continued lifelong journey, especially mm-hmm. thinking that we're going to have a baby girl. And if she's anything like me, she's going to be hard headed and spunky and all these things that I'm like, that might trigger me, <laughs> you know, uh, how am I going to deal with this little girl? <laughs> uh, you know what? I have to say you're right about the nine months. You know, when Reese and I became parents, um, we actually um, had 24 hours to make the decision. And all of a sudden we had a four-year-old and a two-year-old. And then less than three months later, we had a six-month-old and a two-year-old arrive. And so, you know, we think about, you know, having those nine months, but I will tell you is now that that our five children are 21, 18, 15, 15, and 13, there has been a lot of triggers throughout this. And and I, I love the fact of what you just said, where having the child, having the baby, adopting out of foster care, however you build your family, does not take away 
all of the trauma that you've been through. Um, Justin, you know, have you noticed any of that as well? Trying to, you know, here you are being a dad. And, and I know for me, you know, I didn't have a dad. And, and that was one of the most important things I wanted to do was to be the dad. And I, and by the way, I want our listeners to know this. I tried to be the perfect dad and it didn't happen. Okay. So don't put yourself up for failure when it comes to perfection, because none of us are perfect. So just what did you, how have you been able to deal with it? Yes, let's just say throughout this past nine months, me and my counselor have had continuous conversations around fatherhood. And first thing I knew what to do is, you know, my dad is still alive and we don't have the best relationship. We just don't talk often much at all, which has always hurt me. But I feel like now I have to think about, okay, the questions that my child is going to ask about my family and my dad, like why isn't granddad around? And then she has the, we're having a daughter, by the way. So we, she has to experience, it's sad, but she may have to experience some of that same hurt that I've experienced when asking those questions of, okay, I see mom's dad, which is her adoptive parents. So I see her parents, but why don't I see, you know, my granddad on, you know, my dad's side. So I have, she has to experience maybe a piece of that heartbreak and that, that explain it to her, something I've kind of coped with and processed, but now I have to figure out how to explain that. And now uh, what I've done soon as I found out we were pregnant is try to surround myself with other encouraging men, you know, my pastor, mentors, other friends that I knew who were fathers and try to just develop this support system to where, you know, I know I'm going to be sacrificing uh, or, or, you know, sacrificing a bit while she's pregnant, while, you know, trying to clean the house and cook and just try to do everything that I can to take care of her, but try to surround myself to support myself mentally and spiritually and emotionally with a community of people who are there for me, who can be there for me, the baby and my wife. So just trying to be on that as much as I can and try to prepare for fatherhood that way, just asking them all the questions and and trying to see what I could do that way. And I, I'm not going to lie, I'm sure I will have the issue of trying to be the perfect dad. But I need to I'm trying to prepare my mind now to give myself grace when I do make mistakes and and create it as a learning opportunity for our family and our daughter. So mm -hmm. yeah, giving grace. Uh, daddy vlog. Yeah, I've been doing daddy vlogs. Oh, I love that. I love mm -hmm. that. And by the way, you're exactly right. Give yourself grace, you know, and you're, you know, you hit the nail on the head though, Justin. It's, you know, for me and my spouse, you know, my husband comes from the perfect family. I mean, parents have been married 50 some years and my kids have a very, very close relationship with their Mima and Papa. And I didn't have that. That for them. And I did exactly what you did, Justin. We found, and I don't want to say we found, but we, we, at church, there was an amazing couple, you know, that didn't have grandkids and, you know, we fell in love with them. They fell in love with us. And that's my kids, Grammy and Pappy. And, that, you know, and I feel like they're my mom and dad, because for the last 13 years, you know, they have poured everything into the family to keep that family unit to let the children know that not only do they have their Mima and Papa on their dad's side, but they also have their Grammy and Pappy who absolutely adore and love each and every one of them. Listen, you know, exciting news, you know, baby book is doing amazing, two workbooks that are out. But now all of a sudden I hear that both of you are now getting ready to publish another book, which is a children's book that's going to be coming out in April of 2020. 23. Um, are you going to let us know the title? 
Yes, uh, yes. So we will let you know the title. So as you know, we are both lovers of cereal. And what is one of the actual first things back when we were dating in like 2016, you know, uh, we would just call each other on the phone, like, what type of cereal are you eating? What type of cereal are you eating? So we would just do fun stuff, corny stuff like that. So, well, even at our wedding, we yeah. took, we brought cereal and we took wedding photos with cereal. Yeah, so <laughs> the title of this book, and it'll be largely about a dad and a daughter talking about concepts of love and teaching, trying to come to an understanding of what love is and what other bit what other ways to understand what love is and understanding our love for cereal so <laughs> <laughs> the title of the book will be i love you more than cereal mava and dad redefine love and our daughter name is mava so <laughs> i love it i love it listen everybody keep watching um fostering change follow us on social media because you better believe it when my friends publish this book i we are going to be screaming at the mountaintops on all of our social media platforms <laughs> because we definitely want to support you because you too definitely deserve support and love because you give so much love and so much support listen i know i'm gonna have you back in season four so you know because we're gonna talk so much more talk about the children's book and everything but listen i just want to say thank you for the love and the support over the years and and um again everybody i'm telling you um redefining normal um go out if you haven't read it get it read it love it get the workbook help through your trauma listen season three is almost wrapped up and again i am so so unbelievably humbled every single week that you all subscribe that you listen on all the podcast platforms and that you again have made us number one um, when it comes to being a podcast for foster care and adoption and again it's not just all about being foster parents it's not about being in foster care and it's all not about being adoption but it's about what my two friends have done and that is be good humans Okay, and each and every one of us have an opportunity to do that. So until we all meet again, Justin, Alexis, thank you. Congratulations on the baby. And I want you to know that the Shears love you to the moon and back. And I'm so, so proud to get to call both of you my friends. And with that, everybody have an amazing day. Take care. Thank you so Take much. Take care. Thank you so much. I want to say thank you to each and every one of you for listening or watching the latest episode of Fostering Change. All of us on our team hope that you've learned something new today and have been inspired to be a good human. Now, just a reminder that you can always find Fostering Change on your favorite channels on Google, Spotify, iTunes, YouTube, and others including, of course, comfortcases.org. I want to give a big thank you to all of you for joining us each and every week. And a reminder that if you have a suggestion for a guest, or maybe you might have a question about today's podcast, or are interested in becoming a sponsor of Fostering Change, please don't hesitate to email me personally at fosteringchange at comfortcases.org. Now, that's it for now. Thanks again, and we'll see you next Tuesday. Take care.